Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Sometimes our commander-in-chief, ideally upholder of the law, fails to inspire us. Take the 1970s. Well, I'm not a crook. Or the 90s. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. And now the 21st century. I'm an extremely stable genius. You're about to hear two attorneys make sense out of a legal system some say is a train wreck. Here are Royal Oaks and Connor Oaks. This is Too Many Lawyers. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. Connor, topic number one today, should we let the cops deploy killer robots? Dear God. I hope you're sitting down, Connor, because I have a bit of a shock for you here. A board of supervisors has authorized law enforcement to permit police robots to use deadly force. So what kind of backward, deep red area does this frightening development emerge from, oh, you ask? Oh, God. Turns out it's the supervisors in San Francisco. Of course it what is. What a shock. Well, I mean, this is really weird. I, I know no, they're it's not. taking their DA down and, and so on. But this San is Francisco. Not, this is not weird deep at all. Deep blue. No, yeah. See, the stronger, this is the problem with protests and reaction movements against the police. Yeah. Protests and reaction movements to ter- sort of, uh, to, to civil uh, rights problems and injustice, uh, they fundamentally run into this brick wall of opposition. The harder you push for change, the more the entrenched the enforcers of the status quo double down. And so you're going to see- Even if they're in San Francisco. You're going to see, yeah, you're going to mm-hmm. see the harshest crackdowns on civil rights in the areas where people are flexing against those in power, like the cops, and saying, hey, you should change your behavior. You should be more accountable. We should have more oversight of you. They're going to say, you know what? We got killer robots then. Bring it on. That's totally human nature. It's a backlash. This is them banding together. Well, let's get into the details and figure out if this is legal or not. The plan is to deploy robots equipped with explosive charges to incapacitate or disorient Violent, armed, These or dangerous cops, suspects during emergencies. They've been playing too much Call of Duty. This is uh, <laughs> insane. What? Are, how? Which? What problems? Well, but it's not quite as bad as this. Let, let, okay. let me give you a couple more details. Oh, okay. <laughs> to be better. clear, okay. the San Francisco PD says the robots will not be packing heat. They're not going to be carrying guns. They don't have Gatling guns, you know, strapped to their sides. Uh huh. But really, who needs a gun if you've got a bomb? Yeah! What's that old expression, Connor? Don't bring a gun to a bomb fight. I've heard I that. I think that's a yeah, sort that's of an it. idiomatic yeah. expression. So not everybody's happy. Civil liberties groups are <laughs> arguing. This will militarize the police force, which I don't really get that criticism because some of the criminals, I mean, they're tougher and meaner than many, uh, than the uh, you know army of Haiti, probably. <laughs> The, the cartel guys, they are military forces themselves. If you can, but, yeah, if you can point out in a certain area or situation, hey, I am a cop and I need more firepower because yeah. the cops, because the criminals, roll out the robot, because the criminals are escalating in firepower. But that's really not the situation in San Francisco or frankly anywhere else. Cartels uh, and and uh, and other criminal organized criminal gangs are not really the problem in San Francisco. 
predominantly the problem in San Francisco is what street crime, uh, well, the prevalence of I, people without homes. I just came up with a great idea, Connor. This will be a uh-huh. combo robot with bomb and Roomba oh. to clean up the clean syringes up the and the poop. Yeah, now that's all we've been hearing about about San Francisco. Yeah, syringes and poops. It's really hurt the Chamber of Commerce. It, you know, a tourism thing. It right? is all we've been uh, been hearing about. Basically, right up to the uh, something in the early November. Now, what happened in American politics in early November of 2022 that we actually uh, might think be it might be influencing the fact that we heard a parade, a constant parade about crime, 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 crime. Oh, it's a national election where reactionary on yeah. the right want to portray America as dirty and dangerous and frightening and, and, and changing. Yeah. And you better support the cops and conservatives who are going to keep things safe. That's what we heard about. And that's why we heard about these crazy crime waves. Well, and after you- that, those elections, actually, there was a big, there's a police chief in a major city in America who came right out and said the quiet part out loud and said, oh, now that the election is, he says, now that the election is over, yeah. I can tell you the crime stats are, we've been doing a great job and crime is way, way down. Well, what do you mean now that is the that election ca- is over, buddy? Is that Were of- you holding that information back is so that, that your like, people would uh, vote for cops and funding? Is that yeah. kind of like Barack Obama when he was uh, caught on the hot mic uh, saying, uh, just just wait wait till the election's over. I'll be able to be more flexible with Russia. Now, that was an awkward moment for, Very. for President Absolutely. Obama. But let me give you a, a quote of note from the ACLU. You're going you're gonna to feel warm and fuzzy, Connor, because oh, I think you're going to agree on the case. with this guy. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. ACLU staff member argues, we're living in a dystopian future yep. where police may use robots to execute citizens without a trial. Others say that might be preferable to allowing the perps to take lives, followed by a trial in which the bad guys are not executed because California's governor, Connor, has announced on his watch the death penalty is on the shelf. USA Today had a little fun with this. They said, this will undoubtedly work out fine. There's only a small chance the bomb-equipped robots will become sentient, eradicate all ah. remaining hippies and hate right. Ashbury, and command every Roomba in the greater San Francisco area to rise up and vacuum murder all warm-blooded flesh sacks. Yeah. So, Look, so I, USA Today always has fun with these they stories. They do. They're, they're pretty good. So uh, I'll say this. I think that the job security created by, inherently created by protesting the police is a serious problem. It's a serious hurdle that we have to overcome as a society that when you protest the police, you entrench the police, you reward them with overtime, you reward them with more funding because look, there's more need for police because there are more people out so, on the street so protesting. So we shouldn't protest Trump because it entrenches Trump? It, well, well, cops specifically, the enforcers. You're saying, I hate how much you spend on law enforcement, right. which of course triggers more law enforcement spending because it costs money to put down the democratic voice of the people, right? That's a huge problem. If you fire all the cops and replace them with robots that don't really do a very good job because we don't have the technology to do it, but they kind of just stand around, we would have a better society. We'd be freer and fairer and and safer and more equitable if everybody just had a a, a random, like, you know, there's delivery robots that bring you your food and they're like a little tiny tank that you're not supposed to be able to rob the food out of and they drive around. If we had those instead of cops, then everybody could just laugh at them and kick them as they go by because they're useless. That would be a freer and fairer and better world. So we just got to jump straight to their useless robot cops before the robots get so smart and good that they actually kill people and then fire all the cops. And then then there's no contingency supporting the existence, the continued existence of the cops. And all the cops who are now retired or fired will be like, well, I guess I can join in and actually support people's civil rights and not uh, abuse and oppress them because my livelihood is not on the line. Boom. How, how about a, a new mantra? Defund the killer robots. Yeah, I'm in. Maybe. So um, Wired.com is not so sure this is a good idea, Con. Uh, they say this policy gives police the right to kill a criminal suspect with a teleoperated robot if they believe there's an imminent threat of death to police or members of the public. 
Uh, Assistant Police Chief David Lazar said ahead of the vote that killer robots might be needed in scenarios involving mass shootings or suicide bombers. He cites the Mandalay Bay shooting in Vegas five years ago and the killing of five cops in Dallas, Texas in 2016. Dallas ultimately used explosive uh, explosives strapped to a remote tech F5A bomb disposal robot, a model also possessed by San Francisco, to kill that suspect. The Wired article also says this may be a bad idea. It normalizes militarized policing, could lead to the intimidation or death of vulnerable people historically discriminated against by law enforcement, like those with mental health problems, homeless people, and communities of color. I mean, it's just, it's a it's a problem in search of a, it's a solution in search of a problem. There is no issue in America that the police, the most technologically advanced and over-militarized police force in the world, in the history, in fact, of the human race and the universe, that they are getting outmatched or outgunned by some sort of, it just doesn't happen. It just doesn't exist. And cops generally are not put in much danger in situations where you could replace them with a, with a robot. It just doesn't happen. Cops being a cop is actually a very safe job. It's much, much safer than many, many other jobs that Americans have, like driving a truck, for example, which is very, very, very dangerous and is the most common job in America. That, like, the truth that cops are not out there putting their lives on the line and don't need militarized super weapons or tanks or M16s or whatever else to keep them safe from the problems that they mostly create is the greatest unhad conversation in American policing reform uh, well, history, you know, that we don't think about the fact that they're not really in much danger, and they're the ones creating the problems, and they certainly don't need future toys to solve a problem that they've created. So we're talking, uh, you know, we're kind of focusing on the political angles here, just looking at the legal issues. I don't know that there's a legal impediment to letting the cops have robots oh, I don't th- that have bombs is. attached. Yeah, I think you're right. This yeah, is I mean, totally legal. If they <laughs> abuse their if their new privilege, yeah. their new toy, yeah. then we arrest the cops. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, from a lawyer and law perspective, this is a great example of how the law is not well equipped to deal with changing in so- the changes of society. And people always want to say stuff like, oh, well, it's legal or they're following the law that just passed. Okay, we just came up with the law. Or a bunch of old judges, probably white dudes in robes who've been on the bench for 50 years decided that a law from the 1700s says somehow that cops can have robots with bombs. I'm sure that's the next step. They're going to say Second Amendment, right? We all get robots with bombs. This is a nightmare, and it's a nightmare created and enabled by the legal system, which loves to sit back and say, well, whatever the status quo is, is what we like to call legal and therefore is morally good. That's not the case. We should all be making moral judgments about everything instead of saying, is this legal? This is a massive failing of the legal system. I'm I'm, uh, glad we agree that this is legal, these killer robots. And, you know, we just have a different take. Coming to a neighborhood. From from my perspective, until until, until the criminals stop being bad guys, you know, if we can get some of them with killer robots, I'm okay with that. Unless it turns into a Terminator movie scenario. In which case, we're well, all dead and, you know, no harm done. That's right. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, we are going to, after a pause, we're going to get into our topic number two, namely, may cities detain the homeless, even if they're not dangerous, if they are found to be delusional? But first, Connor's going to tell you how to rate and subscribe to Too Many Lawyers. Yeah, check us out on whatever podcast platform you prefer. That's probably Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, don't just click the join button. Don't just click the subscribe button. Don't just click the like. Give us a rating. Give us a five out of five star rating and leave us a little comment. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. 
It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. We love the engagement. We read every comment. It makes us feel very warm and fuzzy. We'll be right back. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Noel Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. So, Connor, this is a this is a kind of a weird show we've got here because we have San Francisco, mm-hmm. deep blue, mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. west side oh, of yeah. the country with killer robots. Yep, and yep, now yep. we're going to the east side of the country, another deep blue uh, area, Manhattan, New York City. And the mayor there is... Everyone's favorite, Eric Adams. Eric Adams. He's raising a, a really interesting issue. May cities detain the homeless, even if they are not dangerous... If they're found to be delusional. Now, for the record, I've been called delusional on numerous occasions, but nobody's ever proposed involuntary commitment for me. But Eric Adams wants to increase involuntary confinements of mentally ill people, especially after the New York City subway attacks recently. He said if severe mental illness is causing somebody to be unsheltered and a danger to themselves, we have a moral obligation to help get them treatment and care that they need Until just recently, city workers uh, were instructed to limit the involuntary commitment program, known as Kendra's Law, to only people who presented an imminent threat to themselves or to others. These criteria no longer need to be met in New York City in order to immediately hospitalize people who refuse treatment voluntarily. And of course, the big story everybody was so concerned about recently is a homeless man pushed an Asian woman to her death at a Times Square subway station. Uh, He had uh, reportedly been in and out of mental hospitals for 20 years, and he was deemed unfit to stand trial because of his untreated psychosis. So, I mean, Adams, uh, he said this effort is going to require involuntarily hospitalizing people who are a danger to themselves, even if they pose no risk of harm to others, arguing the city had a moral obligation to help them. And I, I can kind of see his, his point here, because when you think about people, especially now that we're into winter, people are on the streets, they are freezing, they are delusional, they're suffering from whatever, schizophrenia, psychosis, and we know the problem. People are, you know, when we do have them in a hospital, you give them the pills, they're feeling better, and then they decide, no, I hate that medicine. And I mean, these lives, these destroyed lives that they have, you, you, you just re- feel for them. Now, I have libertarian leanings, and so maybe I should hate this idea, but I also hate the idea of people basically suffering and being miserable for decades on the street when if we would just bring them in. So yeah, they're changing the standard from danger to themselves or others to delusional, but is that really such a bad thing? Yeah, it, it is, because... I mean, we, look, at, we've, we've tried this problem. We've tried to solve this problem before, right? We have, a, it, Eric Adams is right. And that's the only time you'll ever hear me say those words. Eric Adams is right. He is <laughs> right that we have a moral imperative to help people, mm-hmm. right? We have a moral imperative specifically to help homeless people in Eric Adams' jurisdiction, along with every other jurisdiction. But we're talking about New York. The way that you help those people is you get them the medical treatment that they need, as well as the material supplies required to be a functioning person in your society. That might mean money. That might mean healthcare. That might mean shelter or transportation to and from their job, clothes on their back, a chance to get a job, a way to get trained for a job. Whatever the materials are, whatever society demands of its people, your society, your government must also find a way to provide the opportunity for. And that means the person who is dying of a potentially fatal or soon-to-be-fatal disease lying in the gutter in New York has 
a right, a moral right, to be carried into the governor's mansion and fed and clothed and taken care of and trained to get a job and given an apartment and set up for the success in his life or her life. This is absolutely correct. We have a moral imperative to help the homeless. But this law and Eric Adams and all of the conservatives who are supporting it are lying. They're lying to you right now by telling you this is for their own good. Now, what exactly What exactly are the odds, do you think, that conservatives for decades have been screaming and tearing their hair out and rending and gnashing their teeth about the fact that the filthy homeless are in their view and ruining my property values and they're, you know, setting up tents on my sidewalks and then suddenly they go, actually, hold on, now we're compassionate and we're taking well, them off the streets against their will though. and locking them up, but it's for their own good. It is, is, just- it, is it for their own good? Is that why Eric Adams did this? Well, I don't know about his motive, (laughs) but let me tell you, there's another guy on the West Coast, Newsom's in the same camp. Right. Here in California, Governor Gavin Newsom recently signed a law that could force some homeless people with disorders like schizophrenia into treatment. Uh, A lot of uh, states have laws like this that allow for involuntary outpatient treatment. Washington State allows people to be committed to hospitals if a judge finds they pose a threat to themselves or others. Not everybody uh, is okay with this. Uh, you'll be happy to know that the ACLU is on your side. Uh-huh. ACLU's Norman Siegel says just because someone smells, because they haven't had a shower for weeks, because they're mumbling, because their clothes are disheveled, doesn't mean they're a danger to themselves or others, and they're going to have cops. Of all people, make these decisions. Oh yeah, so, oh, the yeah, cops are the ones some who cynicism what out this. there making the med- mental health decision about this is the this is the kind of person who is suffering from the specific kind of mental illness that will benefit from an involuntary hold. Or it's maybe it's the kind of person whose me- uh, mental problems will be exacerbated and worsened by an involuntary hold, and then they will never trust the authorities again and never believe that the authorities have their best interests at heart because they didn't that last time when they locked them up for 48 hours or 72 hours or 150 hours or whatever else. There's no reason to believe that cops can make these decisions. There's no reason to believe that they're the best ones. And there's really no reason to believe that all of a sudden Eric Adams and, frankly, Gavin Newsom, who'd love to clean up San Francisco so that he can run for president in 10 years or whatever, or four years, maybe, uh, and and claim that he, you know, solved homelessness in San Francisco. He's going to take some extreme steps. He's probably going to violate some people's rights because he doesn't really care that much about except uh, about anything except political expediency because he's a politician, of course. So just because some liberal did it doesn't make it okay. This is a terrible system that is propped up and is going to be enforced by the worst possible uh, enforcers in our society, which is cops. Well, we're going to give Eric Adams one more chance to pers- oh, persuade you, okay? Because okay. he's, he's got, <laughs> I'm ready. I'm he's ready got to be persuaded. Here's what he says. The man standing all day on the street across from the building he was evicted from 25 years ago, waiting to be let in. I, okay. The shadow boxer on the street corner in Midtown, mumbling to himself as he jabs at an invisible adversary. Yeah, Eric. The unresponsive man unable to get off the train at the end of the line without yeah. assistance from our mobile crisis team. These New Yorkers and hundreds of others like them are in urgent need of treatment Absolutely. and often refuse it when offered. So I feel a lot of compassion for these people. Me too. And, you know, yeah, again, libertarians would argue it violates their rights. But there are plenty of people who lead thoroughly miserable lives, freezing cold in the streets, who would absolutely not choose that life if they were given treatment that might result in some awareness and some good judgment. And what if instead of uh, the mobile crisis response team showing up with uh, batons and guns uh, uh, holstered at their on their hip and saying, okay, buddy, you're coming with us. Don't forget don't forget the killer robots. Yeah, killer, and, and also killer bomb-toting robots. What if they showed up and said, um, how about, would you like these? And they hold out a set of apartment keys to one of the 
tens of thousands of empty apartment units in New York City that the city could buy and convert into uh, housing for the unhoused well, literally the, today yeah, and solve 90% of the problem. The shadow boxer, the mumbler, the, the, all the other people who don't have any connection with reality, they're not going to go. Or if they go, they're going to be out in five minutes back shadow boxing. The number of people who are actually out there who uh, have schizophrenia and uh, untreated to the degree that they have no family and friends left in their in their orbit uh, and and that can help and influence them and no connection to uh, to medical care of any kind uh, and who are so far gone that they need to be involuntarily detained uh, they may well be a harm uh, a danger to themselves already given that they're out uh, and freezing all we're doing with this law is we're changing that that restriction and saying you can now involuntarily commit somebody just because you think they have some sort of disconnect with reality you think they are quote delusional and guess who you are a cop somebody who's not trained at this at all whatsoever you're just going to say look I don't like this guy. I want him off the streets. He's getting too rich, too close to the rich neighborhoods. So throw him in the paddy wagon, and we'll take him to the air quotes hospital and lock him up like well, Reagan did. And that off, worked out really well for everybody. officers Tudy and Muldoon won't actually be making the final but decisions. But they absolutely will be doing the involuntarily no, the detaining. The show was canceled in 1962, Connor. Ah, I see. So um, I will say this. Um, Eric Adams and Gavin Newsom are not going to listen to me. Maybe no. they'll listen to you. Oh, yeah. I don't know. They have a weekly Zoom call with me, and I just let <laughs> them have it. It's brutal. I don't know why they keep doing it, frankly. When we come back, uh, America's Favorite Game Show, Guess the Verdict, where I give the real live uh, facts of a case to con. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And he guesses the outcome. Today, the case of the world's worst birthday cake. Stick with us on Community Lawyers. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Laurel Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. So you psyched up for this uh, game show, I am Connor? always psyched up for this. It's the best part of every show because I knock it out of the park every single time except the times I don't. So I've, I've told the story, of course, when I was on a game show uh, back in the 70s called Split Second, I, oh, I actually won a car. I, I don't, I'm not sure if you've won a car yet. You know, um, you've only told me that story 150 times. <laughs> Uh, so uh, let me just sort of rack my brain. Did you win a car on a game show in the 70s? Just that think, was awesome. Just think about it. You hadn't won the car, wouldn't have mentioned it at all. That's true. All right, so let's go to Conway, I just Arkansas. wish we had a tape of it so we could watch you win the car. How well, great would that be? I mean, yeah. It was on TV. Why yeah. didn't they save television tapes from the 70s? It's all lost. It's gone. Hey, they arrested the first 10 years of Johnny Carson's Tonight Show. Yeah, it's tragic. So let's go to Conway, Arkansas, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, a uh, customer at a bakery. Um he goes there and he gets a birthday cake and he's not happy. Oh. Because he takes it home, opens it up. They misspelled the name of the birthday boy oh. on the cake. Oh, Can you no. imagine the fury, the outrage? Yeah. So the owner, owner apologized. Uh, the, the customer was you know, a little cranky about it. Owner apologized and agreed to give the customer a second cake free of charge. Yeah. That's nice. The baker took the criticism personally and spiked the second cake with laxatives. Oh. The birthday boy and 16 of his staff members shared the cake. (laughs) The baker then faced 17 counts of battery. Yeah. So they go to trial. Connor, 
What is your guess? Who won this Titanic legal battle? I have had a rough, very messy legal battle. I've had a rough month when it comes to oh. the podcast and uh, and uh, these. these uh, well, you've gotten these, a couple right. Yeah, I have the last one or two, but overall, my I've been suffering, and I appreciate you serving me up this absolute <laughs> softball. This just complete juicy Italian meatball with Parmesan sprinkled on top, and I'm a smack. Over I'm getting the outdoor, <laughs> I wasn't the hungry fence. when I was talking about the cake, but now I'm hungry. Yeah, I'm mixing my metaphors a here a little bit. I know, but yeah. So this guy starts with a uh, battery, which uh, you may uh, know from your local state criminal statute. Everyone is a little bit different, but uh, assault is the fear of an incoming touching, and battery is an unwanted, un, uh, uh, unauthorized Actual touching. touching, right? And people say, well, this isn't touching, this is poisoning, that should be its own to Well, actually, it counts as battery. If you touch somebody with a, if you leave, if you leave a, a spring-loaded baseball bat around a corner and they walk in and they get smacked in the face, it's the same as if you smacked them in the face. So that is the, 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 the same uh, crime uh, or tort, if it was a civil uh, action, uh, that you'll get charged with. Um, uh, when, so when people say assault and battery, you know it's not just doubling down on how bad it really was. We're talking about the apprehension of the hit and the hit. So if you get hit from behind, that's just battery, not assault, because there was no apprehension. There was no fear of the incoming hit, right? In this case, uh, there's no a fear of the <laughs> of the incoming poisoning. Right. It looked like a delicious cake. So just like getting hit from behind with a baseball bat, it's battery but not assault. And this baker goes down in flames. He's going to do... What, 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 I need to make a baking joke here. He's going to do uh, 10 years at 450. I don't, know, I, I don't know how to bake is the problem. I can't make a baking joke unless I know it's fine. We got it. it, it it's we like the it. old joke about the uh, the funeral for the Pillsbury Doughboy. Uh-huh. It'd be at, uh, at uh, 300, uh, no, 415 uh, for First, 10 minutes. There we something are. Like See, that. they, like that's that. a much better joke than mine. So the good news is you get the bell. You're right. Yes. This was battery. He was guilty. Love um, it. Uh, they reduced his sentence a little bit, though, Connor, because the baker agreed to bake cakes for free for convalescent homes, kind of like community service. Okay, you know? and I don't know. No if I extra them, laxatives in yeah. there. And you're right about the uh, ba- there are all kinds of things that can be battery. We reported, uh, you probably remember, some time ago on the show, uh, there was a talk show host who invited an anti-smoking guy into this radio studio. Mm-hmm. And so they're talking it over, and the talk show host thought it would be funny to light up a big stogie and blow cigar smoke in the mm. face of the anti-smoking guy. Yeah. The anti-smoking guy sued for battery, and he won. Good stuff. So, yeah, you can have laxatives, you can have cigar smoke, all of that mm-hmm. stuff. So you're on a comeback here, Connor. You got this one right. Two's a streak. Absolutely. All right, well, we're going to see you all next week on Too Many Lawyers. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.